Welcome to For Good Measure, an interview series celebrating diverse composers and other creative artists, sponsored by a grant from the California Arts Council. I'm Nanette McGinnis, Artistic Executive Director of Ensemble for These Times. In this week's episode, we continue our Da Capo Conversations, a mini-series where we'll be giving familiar segments a topical twist. Today we revisit Eleanor Armour's and Angelica Negron's perspectives on music of theirs that we've played. Here's what Eleanor Armour had to say. Well, you may remember that uh, some time ago you sent me uh, the plans for the upcoming seasons, uh, you know, of E4TT. And one of them was uh, to be uh, on the theme of uh, mothers and daughters. And I selected that one because I thought I would be able to find some uh, poetry that would that I would like to set. And I, you know, I'm, I'm very close to that subject. I am both a mother and a daughter. (laughs) Um, I, uh, originally you may remember, uh, was all wrapped up in the idea of, uh, the Persephone myth, you know, you and I went round and round with, with some poems related to that. Uh, and then somehow that got discarded. Uh, a lot of the poems were, were, were too long and, and thoroughgoing and some of them rather, uh, frank, uh, in their imagery and so on. Uh, Uh, So I continued looking and I was in the process of uh, going through my old friend and collaborator Ursula Le Guin's uh, poems, looking for uh, poems to set. I'm making a a memorial album of my settings of her poetry. And uh, I remembered coming across uh, the one that she wrote called A Song for My Daughter. Uh, and that just hit the spot, totally hit the spot, uh, partly because uh, of its symmetry of generations. That particular poem, you know, refers to her daughter first as, I believe, uh, mother of my granddaughter or granddaughter of my mother. I can't remember which came first, but uh, there's all kinds of verbal inversion (laughs) going on there. I actually created little motives to represent daughter, granddaughter, and mother. And they, they of course, were uh, invertible Invertible counterpoint, if you like, if you want to sound very fancy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, those motives worked their way into the into the piece, which is uh, essentially tonal or, or modal. It didn't seem to me to call for any uh, experimental uh, harmonic, uh, you know, advanced harmonic, super modern ideas. And... I don't think any of Ursula's work uh, has ever been anything more than just sort of naturally tonal or almost tonal for me and and preferred by her. Uh, She has in the past mentioned some other settings of her work that she didn't like for this reason or that. And so I always tried to avoid doing those things that she didn't like, you know, from other composers. Um, 
the poem was meaningful to me because I have known uh, Elizabeth, her daughter, uh, for longer than I knew her. It was actually through Elizabeth that I met Ursula Le Guin. I met her at Elizabeth's wedding. Uh, and Elizabeth had been my student long ago at the San Francisco Conservatory and, and a brilliant student she was. And now look at her. She's, you know, in a very important position uh, down at uh, UCLA and uh, very highly considered and so on. But we we have remained friends, of course, through all of this. Uh, and speaking of friends, uh, I was going through other poems, uh, sets of poems, specifically uh, a book called Audible Dawn by uh, an old friend of mine, Rella Lossie. Uh, and we were very good friends. She, she has long since passed away, uh, but I've always loved her poetry. And um, I don't want to spill a bean here, but uh, the poem that I chose by her was actually addressed to her son, but we won't tell anybody that because it works just as well uh, to pretend that it's addressed to a daughter. Uh, uh, so I was very happy to find that one uh, by her and child, your eyes. And uh, the, the, uh, the vigor of it and, and the spontaneity and the strength of it, in a sense, it was a wonderful contrast to the more lyrical, more regular poem by, by Ursula. I thought they would work very well together. Uh, and I always like uh, working with the poetry by my friends and loved ones. <laughs> when I have the chance, I when I have the chance, I do it. And I'm fortunate to to know or to have known uh, many poets. So uh, it's just all in the family, if you will. <laughs> Here's what Angelica Negron had to say. Señor Recurrente, it's a piece that I wrote a long time ago. It's, if not my first, my second piece that I ever wrote. It's very influenced by Satie. I'm a huge fan, and Satie was one of those composers that really inspired me. This kind of very, very unapologetic simplicity, while at the same time having a sense of irreverence and at the same time being incredibly meaningful. Just, I don't know how, how he does it. Um, but, but yeah, Sueño Recurrente is very much inspired by, by Satie and, and also by recurring dreams I was having at that time. I kept dreaming about these cars that were flying and I would think of them as ghost cars. I didn't, I, I really don't know what, what that means. But just this thing that keeps coming back in your dreams and then you try to make some sense of it, but maybe that's not the that's not what it wants. It just exists and it's an image that stays with you. Thank you for listening to Four Good Measures De Capo Conversations, and a special thank you to our guests for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, Please subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the subscribe button and support us by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving us a rating and a review. To learn more about E4TT, our concert season online and in the Bay Area, or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit us at www.e4tt.org. 
This podcast is made possible in part by a grant from the California Arts Council and generous donors like you. Four Good Measures produced by Nanette McGinnis and Ensemble for These Times and designed by Brennan Stokes. With special thanks to co-producer and audio engineer Stephanie M. Newman. Remember to keep supporting equity in the arts and tune in next week for Good Measure.